If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. To the delight of all Seminole fans, the pick six. Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang bring you the latest news, updates, and analysis around the FSU program ahead of today's kickoff on Bobby Bowdenfield. Second and three, patient and explosive, and a touchdown for the Noles. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Zaxby's. Indescribably good. Now live from Florida's capital city, here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron. And welcome in. Tallahassee game day is on the air, and it is great to be with you. I am, as the voice guy just said, Jeff Cameron. There across from me is Tom Lang, and it's game day, Florida State and Jacksonville State. And actually, plenty to get to. We'll do so momentarily. I first want to thank our friends at Zaxby's, obviously. Good job, Zaxby's. Need to satisfy your chicken craving? Then head on over to your neighborhood Tallahassee Zaxby's. We've got hand-breaded chicken fingers, boneless and traditional wings, supersized sandwiches, fresh-made salads, and a galaxy of sauces. Tom, I think we've got a million sauces uh, here at the station. Yeah, multiple galaxies across the multiverse. We've got stuff for, I think, three months, and uh, I'm happy about that. Plus, shareable sides and platters for parties. It's all made to order just how you like it. Download the app and get a free signature sandwich on your next visit. Tallahassee Zaxby's, a proud Seminole booster for the past 15 years. We thank them uh, for sponsoring the show. Today's top story, you want to go with that right off the get-go? We can certainly, given that the early broadcast that we'll do each week for the home games, Florida State, uh, you know, tonight's game, 8 o'clock, but we'll be on the air every Saturday uh, for the home games, that is, uh, at 9 a.m. Just because, again, the schedule was weird this uh, year, clunky kind of starting on a Sunday night, never been done before for Florida State. And it kind of shortened this week, and certainly everybody's trying to figure out, well, where everything is located that they want to listen to to get their information. We'll be here Saturday, home games, 9 a.m. Yeah, the thought is, last year we did this at the Old Place of Employment, that, hey, college game day is never going to talk about us, so why don't we talk about us first thing in the morning on a game day? Instead of watching that program, watch our program. And people liked it, so we said, you know what, let's just lock it in. 9 to 11, no matter what time the kick is. It could be 8 p.m. like tonight. It yep. could be noon, so we're running right up against kickoff. Whatever it is, 
We will be here every day, uh, every game day for home games, that is, 9 a.m. Uh, last year's game, 41-24 against Jacksonville State, uh, there was a – uh, it was a, it was an added game. Anyhow, Florida State won that game, forty one twenty four. It was a game at halftime. It was. Uh, <laughs> Let's hope this is better. Let's hope Florida State has come a long way. Let's first circle back and and I'll and I'll do that because Tom, I think that's really where this story begins. Today's top story brought to you by Barno Heating and Air Conditioning, longtime trusted partner of Jeff Cameron Show. Turn to the experts at Barno Heating and Air. For all your cooling and heating needs this fall, head to BarronOAC.com or call 850-580-4029. That's, that's where I want to start. The, the story of the 2021 Florida State football season uh, began last night, or Sunday night, excuse me, uh, in what was an electrifying atmosphere and a game that uh, showed a lot of signs and elements of things that Florida State fans needed to see for their soul. They needed to see it. They needed a reason to lock in for the remainder of the college football season. Frankly, recruits needed to see it, and they were there in abundance and happy with what they saw. At least those that tweeted about it certainly seemed excited about Florida State football, and I think that's where we are coming into today's game, tonight's game, is an excited fan base, an excited bunch, because while there is plenty to work on and plenty to clean up, there was also plenty of evidence that the buy-in and the work and all of the things related to the climb is in place for Florida State to get better. I, I, I think that's what that game represented. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't a win, but it, it was a successful night, if that makes sense. This won't cut it two and three years from now. It won't. Oh, no, no. But you have to win that game two or three years from now. Given yes. where we are as a program, this is what you needed to do. Mission accomplished. And it was a gamble. I mean, if that looked like the Virginia Tech game from years ago, those kids that showed up would have taken – they would have borne witness to something that would have told them, I need to look elsewhere. i got to find some other program because this is not one that's mm -hmm. on the rise. These guys aren't telling me the truth. The thing I love about this coaching staff, whether they're speaking to us in the media, their players, recruits, they're transparent as they can be. There are certain things for strategy purposes that you've got to keep cloak and dagger – but they will be consistent in their message for a two-star to a five-star. And what they've been telling those kids this offseason is, guys, bear with us. The record's not going to look great, but you're going to see that we're a lot better. And you're also going to see, more importantly, that you are the missing piece that can help put us over the top. It's not going to be easy here, but it's going to be rewarding, and we're going to win some football games in your time here, member of the class of 2022. In, certainly in your time here, member of the class of 2023. And that's what last weekend was all about. They could see it. You got to pay it off. Next week when we go on the road against Wake Forest, you got to pay it off. But for today's purposes, uh, the momentum is positive and it's moving forward. Yeah, I think um, they're realist and it's rare to see it. A pragmatic approach, uh, energized as it may be. I, I think Mike Norvell understood something very important early on, which was to establish a culture Certainly get guys in here that want to be here. But also, you cannot overpromise and underdeliver. And he understood that, look, we've got some kids that he really likes, some kids that he feels good about in terms of their ability to help win us from football games. And he's got other kids that he's got to recruit over. Uh, the bottom line is everybody recruits over everybody. That's the cycle of recruiting. But there are there are teams that need to recruit over players more than others, some more than others. And it doesn't mean he doesn't value what they bring to the program. It doesn't mean he doesn't appreciate their hard work and what they're providing for the competition each week in practice. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love them as individuals. But 
if you're building a better roster, you're going to have to recruit over a lot of positions right now for Florida State. But you have to be honest about all of it. You have to be able to say to the guy that you're coaching now as well as the guy you want to coach in the future, here's the reality of our situation in so many words. And I'm sure he's – and he's he, you know, listen, I've talked to Mike plenty of times. He's savvy. He gets it. it, it it's, there's, there's some messages being sent oftentimes. It's between the lines. But it's all there. He gets it, understands it. And I think it's a very valuable asset to have as a coach to be able to sit across from a kid and challenge them. I, I'm broken record on this. Kids want to be disciplined. Kids want uh, a schedule. They want consistency. They want something that they can count on. Because, you know, if you think about it with your own kids or if you think about what it was like when you were little, uh, and I know these aren't little kids, but it applies. The world's crazy. There's a lot of stuff flying at you at all times. No, it's true. What can you rely on? The guy next to you, this guy who's coaching you, the people that you see each and every day in your life building towards the same thing? Is there a consistency of message? Is there something that I know each and every day when I open my eyes, despite all of this other stuff and the distractions, I can count on this. And what he says he's going to do. And what that guy does, I'm going to do, and we're going to go down this line together. I think that's why you've seen this work up to this point. Now, we have... No illusions about what eventually has to happen for the payoff to occur, which is all of that, that system, that militaristic view of build, that has to pay off in the way of wins. Everybody can debate how quickly that should happen, but nobody can debate currently that in place is a set of standards that this team seems to be adhering to. Now, We'll see if they suffer through some adversity as the year goes on, whether they can sustain that. But that's neither here nor there right now. The Notre Dame game, I think, featured uh, a lot of positive things to build upon. Now we want to watch it tonight against Jacksonville State in a game they're going to win. They're going to win the game. So we're going to look at the uh, snap count for certain guys. We're going to look very critically at the quarterback position. And we're going we're gonna to see how business-like this team can be in a game in which they're heavily favored. Yeah, you get in, you get out, and you remain healthy. These are the goals tonight. You know, Obviously, you want to win the football game. If you do what you should, you are going to win the football game. But you want to do so efficiently. You don't want to see further issues, for example, with maybe snapping the football. The basics, things like that. You don't want to see busted coverages. You want to see a greater consistency in getting the play call in on time defensively and communicated throughout the defense. You know, some of it might have been Coach Fuller and the staff, and some of it might have been that the safeties weren't communicating with the corners well. Whatever it is, you got to clean it up. So you're looking for the basics to get done, get in line, and then if you, this is the luxury of it, if you take care of business in the first half or the first three quarters, then you get some of the other players in, get them exposure, because that's going to benefit you long-term. One Huge. position would be quarterback. Listen, the way that Jordan Travis and, and Mackenzie Melton's careers have gone, respectively, at the position, be it freak accidents or whatever, I don't think you can bank on them to be available for all 12 games. Neither of them. So Chubba Purdy getting reps would be very nice today. It would be good to put some stuff on film so they could coach him up. I think... If the if if the offense executes early, you'll get that opportunity late in the second half there to to see Chubba Purdy in that fourth quarter. And uh, who knows, you could play. You know, you could get Tate Rodemaker out there if you wanted. I mean, you sure. could get a lot yeah, of guys. Yeah, whoever out there. it is, yeah, you you can get a lot of those guys out there. I do believe that's true for this for this kind of a game. You know, when you, when you ask the question, well, we lost the game, no moral victories, all that stuff. What is it you're so excited about? What is it that that you could build upon? Oh. Guys, there's a bevy of things to look at here. It, it, it just goes on and on. 
Florida State rushed for 264 yards against Notre Dame. Um, that's, uh, well, program's most rushing yards against a ranked opponent since totaling 287 against Clemson in 2012. Really? I would have guessed the Dalvin game in 2016. Okay. Yeah, so that is remarkable, right? So that's Wow, a, that a, was a night, too. That, yeah, so very, very impressive. Not only that, by the way, um, Florida State averaged 199, almost 200 yards a game last year on the ground. Uh, the program's highest total since 2016. Well, if this is an indicator, they're going to break that, and they want to run the ball. And I love teams that want to run the ball. I don't care how it looks. They, that's what they want to do. You know, it's interesting. It's, this is, that's a way more impressive performance on Sunday than the mm. 2012 Clemson performance because that defense for Clemson was no good. This Notre Dame defense we like more, I think, than we did yeah. that version of the Clemson Tigers. And I believe James Wilder had like a 30- or 40-yard run where he broke five tackles late. That's kind of a garbage time-ish run. Mm -hmm. Whereas all of these yards amassed in this game with a poor offensive line. And it was always yeah, competitive. With sack yeah. yardage, right? So the sack yardage can take off of that total. Yeah. So you're talking about a program best against a top-10 team, a program best performance in over 10 years. That's heady stuff. Yeah, and then conversely, on the other side, we wanted to see Florida State stop the run against Notre Dame because of the debacle that this game represented a year ago, and here we were. Florida State's defense held number 9 Notre Dame to six rushing yards after halftime. Six. Notre Dame's got an 18-point lead trying to salt it away, and they can't run the ball to save their life. It was amazing. It is why Florida State got back in this game. <laughs> Notre Dame gained two yards on the ground in the third quarter, one yard on the ground in the fourth quarter, and three in overtime. That's the grand total. It's unbelievable. In, in a weird, like if you said those stats pregame, before we saw anything, and you said 260 whatever for the Noles, 264, and you said Notre Dame under two yards a carry, Kyron Williams under three yards a carry, I'd say I think we win the ball game. Like it, this is an upset. Well, that's for turnovers. Yeah, you know, you... turnovers and Jack Cohn making a few throws. Yeah, Jack made a few throws and he deserves credit for that. I also think again you can't turn the ball over. I mean that that's the biggest thing. Coaches harp on it all the time. Florida State turned the ball over, and you know it, the other part of it is I, I we. We, we know Jordan Travis has to be better throwing the football. We just know this has to happen. And, and that's another big thing I'm looking for today, Tom. I'm going to see him look more comfortable because, let's face it, Florida State's opportunity to block it up against Jacksonville State, against the Gamecocks today, uh, tonight, should be uh, appreciably better than it was on Sunday. So that means let's see you sit there and go through your reads and make a throw. And let's get the ball out on time because – He's got to build to that eventually anyhow. Now, in the interim, you know, I get it. Everybody will say, well, you could just sit him and play McKenzie Milton. Sure. And maybe they will. Likely they will. Uh, but how long can he play? Listen, let's not pretend we didn't see a guy miss a ton of camp and then just the other night only have to go five of seven uh, to get everybody excited. But in the interim, getting massages and everything else on the sideline, there is a physical aspect to this. We just don't know how much he can play. So eventually you're going to need Jordan to get there, whether it's in the second half of this season or if it's for next year when he battles with A.J. Duffy and Chubba Purdy for the job or what. you you got to get to a place where you are uh, taking steps forward because we do forget, and, I, and I'm guilty of this too, we do forget he started precious few games in college football. He started not that many games as a quarterback in big-time college football. So there is still, I guess my point would be, there is still time to grow. There is still 
improvements that can be made for him. He's not a lost cause as a passer just yet. No, the conversation will go like this. You know, let, let's put it to bed that he doesn't always have happy feet, right? That's, that's the baby step you could take today in the pocket. Let's look for the lower half, see if he's calm, if he's willing to – the internal clock. Is it ticking, and is it ticking at the right speed, not too fast? One thing we talked about years ago when I first started in broadcasting, you told me it goes slower than you think in real time. Your brain thinks everything is moving way faster than it actually is. Mm -hmm. Well, multiply that times a million because you got 300-pound people bearing down on you right in your face in the case of Notre Dame because their pressure up the middle was stout. It was stout. Yeah. But you've got to be able to collect yourself. McKenzie has that in spades. He's excellent at that. But Jordan's got to build that baseline. And if you do it today, then you can put to bed the argument that it can't be done. Oh, it can be done. Then when we get later in the season against a Clemson or a Miami or somebody with a better defensive front, you'll say, all right, he was able to do it against J-State and Syracuse and other teams. Can he do it against a team that, you know, might apply a lot of pressure consistently? Baby steps, man. It is baby steps. And if you're able to do it today, you build upon that the next opponent and the next opponent and the next opponent. And eventually... Obviously, like anything you're working towards, you get to a place where the floor has been raised at the very least, and you may not have reached perfection. You may not be where you want to be ultimately. You may not be able to do it every time, but you've certainly gotten a lot better and more consistent, and I think that's where we got to see progress today. A game like Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks, it really is about that. It's about that kind of growth, and you can go segment group by segment group with this conversation. You could talk about what you want to see out of a receiver or what you want to see out of a lineman or what you need to see uh, from the linebackers, for example, that segment group, which is not one of the better segment groups on the team. we got to see them play well today, uh, play consistently well today, and I'd like to see, uh, you know, I'd like to see this group continue to play fast. I will say that no matter what we think of them as their top-end talent or lacking top-end talent, they did play fast and they did play hard and they did trigger. And there were no catching tackles last week, by the way. Florida State hit people last week. That's another big sign that this group has bought in to what they're being told because that's a lot of sacrifice to play defense. You got to be willing to hit. You got to want to hit. You got to want to play fast. You got to trigger to do it. And you got to sacrifice. They did not, I, I call it catching tackles for those at home who don't know what I'm talking about. Last year's team was the king of catching tackles. Just kind of going through the motions, kind of jogging over to their spots, and then taking the impact of a runner coming at them, a receiver coming at them, as opposed to delivering the blow with any sort of force and sending messages. Defense, you send a lot of messages. And even if you're playing a very tough offensive team with tough guys that can handle being hit, it takes a toll getting hit like that time and again, and subconsciously you begin to think about it. You make certain business decisions at the end of games if you've been beat up. I thought you saw some of that late in the game. Two tight end drops for Notre Dame and a kid who's a beast, probably one of the best in the country at the position, dropping balls. Well, he didn't really didn't really nearly just drop those balls. He had been hit hard. Yeah, Gant got him once or twice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I really think that you know there's a payoff to all of that. So that's another great sign that we saw there as well. Want to remind you, by the way, as we go to break, that uh, if you're coming into town, you're going to go to the game. Swing on by Zaxby's, get one of these massive platters that we have here in the studio. We're going to have to put next week's platter in your studio. Uh, I'm going to be 350 pounds at the end of the year. Yeah, I know. These things so, are so delicious. Yeah, so. If, if <laughs> Matthew went and got it. At, yeah. uh, we had the order for 8.30. So it's a little uh, early morning chicken fingers with the Z, of course, right? Chicken fingers. And uh, bring it in your studio. I open it. 
and <laughs> I don't see you. Like, I'm just looking down at the table. I open it, and immediately in my vision hand. comes a hand. Yeah, <laughs> like, take don't mind if I do. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I don't want to displace my army of chickens. That's like, true. I like these guys. I like them, too. I kind of want them around during the week, too. They're just, they're friendly. Well, you're going to want to order ahead if you're getting these platters for your tailgate. So uh, you can you can make it happen fast if you order online or in the app. You just click order now, select a location, start order ordering. I can speak. Get exactly what you want, how you want it, right when you need it. There you go. And when you're ready to pick it up, let us know that uh, us being Zaxby's, and they'll be there to help you skip to the head of the line. It's just that easy. Head to Zaxby's.com. Or download the app to get started. Tallahassee Zaxby's, a proud Seminole booster for over 15 years. More Tallahassee Game Day in a moment. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Well, we need to take a look around the slate this time since we're getting started bright and early and we have an opportunity both to counter program against college game day and provide more Florida State oriented uh, insight, but but also it is uh, a look at college football, the uh, world with which uh, Florida State is uh, is occupying. And uh, I would like to, I, I don't know, I think today's an interesting day. It's it's cool that they moved this game, that Florida State's game is at eight because there are a lot of really good football games I want to watch during the day. Well, and there are a couple of future opponents for the Knowles that you are going to keep your eye on. One of them is, uh, is Miami quitting? That's Miami quit watch for the Appy State game. Yeah. And then there's also the NC State game out in Starkville. That is an important one where if you're trying to figure out how many games are really winnable, how many games will we be favored in and do we feel good about, NC State got off to a good start against a god-awful USF team. A bit of a different challenge now this weekend. It's not like Mississippi State's a world beater like they were back in 2014, but still a challenge nonetheless to go on the road in an SEC environment. And if they play well, then that's a game we circle, I think, a couple extra times. NC State coming to town later this season. Yeah, it's going to be a hard game. As for the games that were played last night, you got a late cover if you're a sporting guy or gal with the Coastal Carolina win, 49-22. Duke got on in the win column against North Carolina A&T, 45-17. Boise won 54-13 over god-awful UTEP. And uh, finally, you had Utah State beating North Dakota. 48 to 24. So last night after the War Chant Happy Hour, thanks to anybody who showed up at the CP, Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, to see Jeff and Corey perform their one-hour show. We had a good time, and we'll be doing that uh, for Friday home games That's at right. the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Just a little happy hour, five to six. Good times. Corey and I just sitting up there answering questions, and you can do it in the chat or you can do it in person. Another sign that I'm getting old. I was speaking to one of our favorite listeners after the show for about an hour about homes and repairs and construction and buying a home, the whole process. But after that was done, I went and got dinner. Driving home, NCA&T had, I think it was a 10-plus-minute drive in the first quarter on Duke, and they paid it off with a touchdown to go up 7 to nothing. and I heard the Duke announcers, because it was on the SiriusXM feed, and they were scared bleepless in that moment, because there's like 45 seconds left in the quarter. NCA&T had gone for 10 minutes, six first downs on the drive. Good I thought, oh my God, is this where Duke has fallen? Yeah. I didn't pay attention again, and you just told me that well, Duke found a way to score 45 in basically three quarters. Yep. They, uh, yeah, they didn't have the ball, but when they did, they were effective. Really quickly, some things to look at here out of the ACC, which had a horrific weekend a year ago, I mean a weekend ago, and I'm not overly concerned about the conference. We're not the SEC, and therefore we don't you know, care all that much about uh, everybody else in the conference. We care about Florida State. 
And what I mean by that is uh, we're not sitting around rooting for one team like Clemson to hold up the whole conference the way the SEC does with Alabama. But we do live in the ACC, and we do have a lot of opponents to look at, as you noted. And I do think that this is going to be a better weekend for the ACC because I think there's two games in which an ACC team can beat an SEC team. I think Pitt should go on the road and win at Tennessee. That is a noon kickoff at Neyland, so it, you're going to want to, these early games, take a look at that. The other ACC team playing early, and this isn't part of the two that I'm talking about, Virginia's at home and favored, rightfully so, at Scott Stadium there in Charlottesville uh, against Illinois. Illinois, a 10-point dog, if you're wondering. But that's uh, an interesting game. Virginia should take care of business there against the Big Ten foe, so something to note there and check off. And then later on, a game that I'm really excited about, which is what you brought up a moment ago, which is that NC State game on the road. Now, that is uh, a game at night in a hostile environment against an SEC team. Not a great SEC team, but nonetheless uh, a, a really good environment. And it will be a test for NC State to go win that game, but I think they will. Uh, I like them. Your other games that get underway early that you might be excited about, well, how about a top 15 matchup, obviously, between Ohio State and Oregon. Ohio State is hosting that game uh, where you would suspect that they'll win, but Oregon has athletes, so it should be interesting to see. They've recruited very well. They do have the requisite speed, at least to run, perhaps in that secondary in a way that Minnesota did not in the second half of the game. So we'll pay attention to that. I think that might be a score fest uh, between those two teams, but again, Ohio State... Averaging almost 50 points a game under Ryan Day, and they just light up the scoreboard with all their skill position players. I don't like that linebacking core this year, though, by the way. Well, I would say, though, in the first half of that game, they turned down maybe 21 points just on misses from Stroud. Yeah, so if he's true. accurate down the field today, that could run up real fast. Other ACC games, uh, look out, Georgia Tech, and I'm not even kidding. Kennesaw State could win this game. That game at Bobby Dodd could happen, and it could be stunning. Pay attention. It kicks off at noon. Just a... I'm looking at you. What we got going on over here, Georgia I don't Tech? Know, it might be too early for the McConaughey. Well, on, oh, the, yeah, uh, on the yeah, Warchant yeah, TV. Yeah, thing. yeah, a little early, a little early. But I, I just taking a closer look at that game, Tom. Just an interesting game. Oh yeah, is that right? It's okay. an interesting game. Well, I, Georgia Tech lost last week at the North, at home to Northern Illinois. Lost their quarterback. Kennesaw State's chippy. Just a fun game to watch, Tom. Kicks off at noon, buddy. Get <laughs> kicks off Boy, at noon. Okay, yeah, please put up the McConaughey. Circle back to it three times for crying no, out loud. No, no, yeah, no. I know. 19 points. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw from uh, Victory Cheese Balls, which I love that name. Thank mm -hmm. you, sir, for the support of the program. They say go get some chicken strips. They're chicken fingers, sir, with the Z, but yes, we will. Thank you very much. And then uh, Chad also. Chad, uh, he said moderation for the Cat 5 last week. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, uh, folks. We really appreciate it. Later today, uh, of course, the big one. Here's your chance to shine, Tom Lang. 4.30 on ABC, Iowa. Iowa State, Jack Trice Stadium in Ames. The battle for the Cyhawk Trophy. That's <laughs> correct. I was ready. That's at 4.30. Uh, at 4.30 Eastern for the Cyhawk Trophy. Yes, and I'm really pumped for that game. I really am excited for that game. And then I would also note, as you did, 7 o'clock tonight, just for giggles, every now and again, look in there at Hard Rock Stadium and see what we got going on between App State and uh, Miami. Uh, that game is being played at the exact same time as NC State and Mississippi State, so you kind of flip back and forth between ESPNU and ESPN2. Oh, so they got the channels, the actual terrestrial channels, and uh, we got the channel that most don't get here in town. All right. Well, I mean... I see how it is. It, it is Jacksonville State. I kinda... You're playing Appy State, you know. No. Happy State has beaten Michigan, has been a decent <laughs> team. I mean, like, I, I think you got to... 
got to pay attention to that. Hey, later tonight, a certain guy preseason felt really good about a certain team and made mention of it. They're involved in a holy war. Utah, BYU, 10-15, Tom. Is it? Yeah, okay. buddy. Yeah. Let's settle in on a little 10-15. Because you had mentioned, I forget which game was 10-45. There's a, uh, there's a 10-45 kick. Is that the UCLA game? I forget. No, USC and Stanford and also Hawaii and Oregon State. Tom. Okay. Feel yeah. pretty good about that line with Hawaii getting some points there. Okay. Just something I, to note all there. All right. They're See, kicking that this. off. They're kicking that off very late. Not only did we get delicious tax pieces, there's <laughs> McConaughey again. God, I'm going to be able to not laugh when I see it at some point. I, <laughs> we got chicken fingers this morning, and now I'm getting tips. Look at this guy. And I mean from you, not not just from the, the, the Super Chat supporters. Right, right. But all right, I like this. Just informational. A few things, just a few things to take a look at. Oh, last one as we do the survey around the land here. Okay. Should, no, not a, not a, not a game necessarily for anybody who's into that sort of thing should be a fun game though although i i do like the game oh. i i would just tell you watch missouri and kentucky can you know lee sterling and i were talking about this on friday and you know i told you before the season kentucky can throw the ball they brought in liam cohen the offensive coordinator while well, he was a uh, the passing game coordinator for the los angeles rams uh and quarterbacks coach and he comes into Kentucky, and last week they throw the ball vertically all over the place, three long touchdown passes, and Mizzou can throw it around. Might be a lot of numbers. Okay. A lot of numbers out there. I like that. Uh, we like Mark Stoops in general, too. He's a good guy, really solid person here. You know, We don't always bring up the personality of the people behind yeah. the scenes, maybe because we want to omit some things. Mark was a nice guy, always a good dude, glad to see he's doing some things, and maybe he can be a disruptor to the Gators in that division. Well, it really is a battle between two teams, uh, in Missouri and Kentucky, that are trying to unseat Florida for the second spot in the East. George is going to win the East. There it is. But it really is about trying to get to that second tier, that second spot. And I do think there's an outside shot. The odds are in Florida's favor, especially if they end up making a change at quarterback. But the odds are in their favor. But I do think that, you know, it's worth keeping an eye on with Kentucky and Missouri. They're both pretty interesting teams. Uh, seems like everybody's got a signature chicken sandwich these days. Here's the one you want to try. The one sandwich that towers above all the others in size and deliciousness. Zaxby's signature sandwich. You didn't know I was going to say that. It's an extra large hand-breaded filet and three thick-cut pickle chips on a split-top bun. Comes with your choice of Zax sauce or new spicy Zax sauce. It's big, it's delicious. It's only at your neighborhood Tallahassee Zaxby's, a proud supporter of the Florida State Seminoles. More Tallahassee game day in a moment. Tallahassee game day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Today's offensive keys to the game are brought to you by the Hobbit American Grill. The Hobbit American Grill celebrating over 40 years of serving good times to good people for great memories. Get your game day going at 2020 West Pensacola Street. For more locations, head to myhobbitonline.com. Show up. <laughs> no, uh, in games like this, it's, it's hard to break down uh, critical aspects of any segment group here or the team on the whole because the game's a foregone conclusion. Uh, you got to go play it. People hate it. Fans hate it when you say things like that because uh, their mind uh, harkens back to that one outlier that they recall from however many years ago that something shocking or stunning happened uh, in a game like this. 
but but in truth, uh, Florida State's an overwhelming favorite. Even hard to find it on a board anywhere. I, I did see, unfortunately. Yeah, I did. By the way, I did see somewhere offshore. A couple offshore places had it twenty five, twenty six. When I was looking around, I think Florida State covers that easy. I think so too. This is about these offensive keys are about the long term. It's not about today necessarily. Of course, you want to take care of business first and feel good about things, and then you get to experiment on the fly as a fan, right? You're like, oh, let me try and see what's going on over here at this position or whatever, looking for a certain key backups. But it's about Mackenzie Milton's comfort. How many snaps does he get? Is he, in fact, the person who takes the first snap today? Because that would be an indication of a changing of the guard, so to speak. I will say, uh, I'm not predicting who starts at quarterback, but I will say it was a real good sign for Florida State fans this week who are hoping to see more Mackenzie Milton. He practiced a lot. I'm allowed to say that. Right, I'm right. Fairly, fairly certain of that because it was in the practice reports that he was out there all week. Correct, but yes. He practiced a lot. The observable portions that we are able to report on, he was out there. So yeah. that's good news. Uh, especially considering the amount of treatment he went through in fall camp. You're looking for comfort level out of McKenzie, so provided nothing crazy happens today, you have your full complement at the position of quarterback against Wake Forest. That's what today is about. It's putting stuff on film. It's repping stuff that you didn't do too well last week and maybe installing on the fly a little bit for Wake Forest to get live installation reps, not against a scout defense, but against another team. That would be the goals for today on offense. And as long as you stay healthy, remain healthy throughout the game, you win. Today is a success for the offense. Yeah, stay healthy, continue to grow and build on what you just did a week ago, which was an awful lot of exciting stuff. I mean, Jay Sean Corbin hasn't got enough love for the game that he played at running back because we're so excited about some of these other toys. But I mean, and, and, and guys that are emerging, you know, Treshawn Ward, for example, is emerging, and that's exciting. And uh, Malik McLean's a guy, we, receiver that we love, and the Ja'Kai Douglas, Douglas touchdown was electrifying. But Jayshon Corbin showed that burst again, and that was really exciting. I want to see him continue to build on that. Also, Douglas wasn't just there for that one play. McKenzie's first completion was to Ja'Kai Douglas, mm-hmm. and it was on a corner route. So he knows more than just how to run a fly. There are a lot of dudes across college football, the NFL, and they're in the game. You're like, ah, well, it's a one-trick pony. This guy is out there to stretch the defense and solely do that. But if Ja'Kai Douglas can continue to develop, you've got another speed weapon besides Parchment or Keyshawn Helton that safeties will have to respect. Glad you brought up uh, Andrew Parchman, who did have the touchdown, but not in the role that you would have expected. It's a busted play and a nice play by Jordan Travis as he uh, eludes the rush and then goes back against the grain and is able to find Parchman, who comes back to his quarterback, which is a nice play. But that's not within the con- that's not within the structure of the offense. I want to see something today, Tom, within the structure of the offense in which we are able to stretch the field, and we do hit a couple of shot plays down the field with Andrew Parchment. Uh, he was brought here to do that, to stretch the field. He's a speed guy. That opens up all that other middle, uh, middle to intermediate routes. They've got to find a way to be more consistent in that regard, those aspects of this offense. And his aptitude in the blocking game. It's got to get better, period. When you've got true freshmen in Josh Burrell and Malik McLean putting multiple plays on film in which they are handling blocking assignments way down the field in some cases. For example, the throw to uh, Malik McLean, it was like a little drag underneath. And remember that we get inside, I think the, it's a 7-7 ball game at the time. And McLean, uh, it's the way is paved by Jordan Wilson, tight end number yeah, four lined up to the Who line. I like a lot. It's almost like a tunnel screen, sort of, but it's not really. And Cam and Josh Burrell are on the left side of the formation. And down the field about 30 yards, Burrell is actively making a block until the whistle is blown for the play. If you see that type of effort and buy-in from a freshman, 
if you're a transfer on your last legs, right, this is your chance to make one big statement for the next level, we've got to be more consistent there. When he's on the field, defenses shouldn't key and say, well, there's not a screen coming to this side because he can't block. Got to be better. Got to be a complete player. Well, and, you know, I don't know that that's a role you're going to see him emerge consistently uh, performing well in because uh, he is so slightly built. He, he is, is so indeed. He's skinny and tiny. Um, it's kind of a marvel when you look at him that he even plays college football. I'm not dogging the kid. I'm just I'm saying the first time we saw him, we're like, really? But that speed is important. You're, you're talking about effort. You're talking about showing Correct. me a willingness to do that if you're going to be sacrifice, yes. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. What, what I loved about him initially, because his reputation sounded like red zone threat. I think that was the buzz term thrown out when he first transferred here. And then I saw him, I was like, red zone threat. Typically, you think of a big body or 6'5 type guy, even Correct. if they're lanky. And he's neither of those things. And then in Charlotte, both quarterbacks said speed, speed, speed. I was like, oh, okay, so we got a different type of player. His body control is excellent. He knows how to do all the, the little nuances of the position. But you can't, you can't give away what you're running before the snap. You know what I mean? Like, so if he's over there and you've got trips, you know he's not the one who's blocking. Like, you can't have that. So, right. yeah. better yeah. consistency and and buy in and like, cause again, if you've got young players buying in, everybody better be on board. That's what I love about this group. It looks like about ninety five percent everybody consistently is ready to go on every play. It's exciting. You want more consistency is right. We're talking about keys to the game here. That's the segment. So, offensive keys to the game: more consistency in the pass game. Everybody giving max effort, their roles, whatever it is on that particular play, you need to go back and be able to see from the film, okay, this guy was all out all the time when we when he was in the game, whether he was getting the ball or not. You touched on this in the first segment, but this is an offensive key as well. The interior of the offensive line. Can we? It's like with Jordan Travis. Can we define that his feet aren't happy against J-State and right. we could talk about better defensive lines? How about the guards? Can they protect up the middle with more consistency as well? How about Robert Scott at left tackle? Can he have a better day at mm, left tackle not today? Not a good day. Not right. a good day for him last Can week. we establish a baseline that if it's not Notre Dame's front, we can handle you? That's what I'm looking for. That's going to be really important because if they don't, that changes the way we view the Wake Forest challenge next weekend. Whew. You brought up the Wake game, did you? All day. It's going to be all it's day. It's going to be my – yeah, it's been on my mind since the clock struck zero and we – Lost against Notre Dame in overtime. As soon as I walked out of that stadium, I was like, well, as if that game wasn't already important, we've just upped the ante because now there are real expectations. Now they're, you know, if you go out there on a Sunday night and lose by 28. Right. Eh. Well, okay, it's like uh, the electoral map, you know, path to two, <laughs> 270. Like, if you're trying to get to six wins or seven wins as, as this program, yeah. and you need it, it's like markers, California to the mold. Dems yeah. or Texas yeah. to the Republicans. Yeah. Like, you've got to have the weight game. Yeah. That's got to be in the garnet color. we got to have that state. <laughs> and you don't want to be in a position after this weekend where you're like, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I'm I, not so sure. I feel good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. By the way, the Zaxby's uh, I Can Speak Game Day VIP Upgrade Contest is in full flight. Zaxby's has donated their season tickets to you. That's right. You heard that correctly. For every home game this season, Zaxby's is hooking up one lucky fan with the ultimate seating upgrade. You can win a pair of 50-yard line seats, perfect seats at that, to the Knowles' next home game. That's a good deal. All you have to do is head to Twitter, tag Warchant and Zaxby's with a photo or video of your Knoll experience. You can shoot a video of your tailgate, for example, your fan cave, your reaction to a big play, whatever being a Knoll means to you, we'd love to see it. We'll select the winner the Wednesday before the Knoll's next home game and then show off your entry during our next pregame show. So let's get to, get after it. It's just a few days away. 
Get to work, everybody. Make sure to tag Warchant and Zaxby's with your fan photo or video. And good luck. Our thanks to Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans, for providing the tickets all season long. And last week we had a winner. And I think the pictures are, are They're going up currently. right now. Yeah. yeah, Laura C., she sent some pictures of her game day experience afterwards, but the, uh, the tweet that won it is her dog, Ammo. <laughs> it's right. a good name for a dog, and, and uh, Ammo has uh, an FSU kerchief or, or something. I don't know that Ammo's thrilled to be taking the photo. But, no, uh, dogs often don't like to be taken. <laughs> yeah, but he looks awesome with that FSU uh, little scarf there. Thank you, Laura. See, we were uh, we appreciate you, and uh, our thanks again to Zaxby's. More Tallahassee game day in a moment. Tallahassee game day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Today's sub of the game, or which of the game, if you will, is served up by which which superior sandwiches. Did you know, Tallahassee, that on Wednesdays, the Wicked is just $5. That's right, five meats, three cheeses, five bucks. Head to any of which which is three Tallahassee locations for a superior sandwich today. My kids love it. Can you say Mackenzie Milton is the is the sub or witch of the week? Because he was last weekend, and mm. I don't know for a fact that he's going to be the starter just yet. I assume he that he might very well be the starter, but... He was the sub of the week. I don't know where else you would go, because it, let's say he starts and Jordan comes in, he'd be a candidate for the sub of the week, depending on how the game's going. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to identify a specific area or player that would be the sub of the week because they rotate a lot of guys, and I, I don't think a lot of the guys yeah. that play uh, would be considered subs, if you will, even though they're non-starters. Yeah, a lot of dudes played on defense this past weekend. I didn't think they'd have that many out there, but it looked cogent throughout. That should be noted, too, for this defense, and something that did not communicate and was not, as you'd like to say, over and over last week. It wasn't coordinated. There were a lot of bodies out there, and it seemed like everybody, relatively speaking, knew where they were supposed to be outside of a couple of blemishes. But one name I will point out, uh, because it's almost like an injury watch, would be Bavion Johnson at center. If Maury Smith cannot go, the ESPN broadcast said this, not us, last weekend, that Maury Smith was dealing with a back issue. We were all dealing with snap issues, no matter if we're healthy or not. <laughs> you, me, Everybody. my neighbor... But uh, Bavion Johnson at center, if he is indeed playing, if Maury Smith cannot go, then let's let's get on target with those snaps, please. Well, it's just maddening because it's a very basic thing that you expect to see executed 100% of the time. I mean, 100% of the time. And that is, you know, it, it could have cost us the game, quite literally. We don't know what would have happened on that third down play, but a bad snap you know, leads to the situation we find ourselves in. It's very, very frustrating. Uh, subs of the game, look, if you're going to do it this way and we're going to be technical about it, uh, it's always going to be Malik McClain for me every week because he's not technically. Right, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, because that goes. Keyshawn, Pokey, Parchment. Yeah, yeah, that's how that goes. So to me, it's going to be him. Uh, I would, and I'll tell you, I've thought this a lot. It's just a matter of getting on the field with any degree of consistency whatsoever. Because body type-wise, you're not going to see much thicker and better than Brian Robinson, man. I need that guy to get on the field more and play more. He's just always kind of limping around. And I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just saying he's been beat up a little bit. But you look at him, I'm like, hey, if you want a guy to block. Yeah. Oh, well, definitely. And, and you see the commitment from the freshman that we talked about last segment. But, yeah, when you have multiple options there. 
and it's demoralizing. Like we talk about the traditional run game. I'm lining up under center, old school, like that 2012 Alabama Georgia SEC championship yeah, game. That is one of my favorite games I've ever seen that didn't involve Florida State. You know it's coming, and yet you can't stop it. And it wasn't for a lack of athletes on either side; they just could not stop it. The same can be said. It's more finesse. When you've got receivers that when they get their hands, hands on, you, on you, vice grips, and they move you around, where, and you're going where they tell you to Anquan go. Bolden. Right. Kelvin Benjamin, when he cared, he did Ooh. it a couple of times, right? Against the University of Florida in Gainesville. Yes, and, and you're just on roller skates. It is demoralizing, and that's going to be something that's a big part of this offense, You know, whether it's three years from now or today. As long as Mike Norvell is here calling the plays, that's a facet of what we do, so we need to be better at it. We need to have more options to do it. We got guys who have the body type, and I do believe there's real want to there. Just got to be healthy and willing to get out there and and, and make plays in that way because that's how a seven-yard gain obviously becomes a 40-yard gain or a touchdown. That's how it happens. We could also talk about some of the running backs, too. I mean, we we knew at the end of the season when LaDamian Webb transferred, it was like, oh, we really love to watch that kid play. I did. And I still miss him. But Trayshawn Ward makes me feel better about things, and the healthy Jayshon Corbin as a starter certainly does. But you get Trayshawn Ward in there as a sub, hey, man, you could still house call it. It's not just Lawrence Toafili anymore who could make a house call with one play. Corbin has to be in the conversation because he did it, and then Trayshawn Ward has some burst to him as well. Do you think Lawrence Toafili is oddly – I mean, this is a key game for him. I, I think it yeah. sounds, sounds yeah. kind of weird, but I think he's got a chance to get a lot of carries today, and he needs to do something with those carries because I think he could be supplanted quite easily by Trayshawn Ward. Yeah, the one thing out of him, saw it at camp and then it reared its head last weekend, is when he gets past the line of scrimmage, and he will, he's got the burst. Keep your feet underneath you. There's yeah. a lot of falling forward stuff, and, and when you're trying to parse between really good options, you've got to make sure that, you're like you're talking about, you get a chance like this, you got to cash in. Well, today's a hell of a day for him. I, I do think he's going to get a lot of carries. Uh, I think they're going to try to manage the carries for Jason Corbin because uh, they're going to need him in some of these other games to be that versatile, physical guy who can do a lot of things, and he can. Um, body type-wise, experience-wise, uh, skill set wise, he's probably you know without question the guy you're going to count on the most in the biggest games. Oh, and he's easily our smartest running back. Oh, yeah. Like he knows the situation. He's not trying to hit a home run indiscriminately when it's third and one or fourth and one. He's trying to get you one. That's good. Yeah, because we've had running backs in the past, even in the Jimbo days. To break everything. That, yeah, like stop. Stop. Try- well, luckily we also had some that. Completely got it. Devonta Freeman completely got it. Yeah, Chris Thompson as well. Yeah, he did. All right, second hour of Tallahassee Game Day is coming up next. Stay with us. More football to talk about. Florida State football on Tallahassee Game Day.